Meditation. 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 Depending on the quality of my mind. You know, there's good days and bad days. I mean, I feel like the waterfall of thoughts. Every now and then, a nice calm. Can't think of anything. This is Meditation in the City. The Shambhala New York Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Meditation in the City podcast. My name is Francesca, and I'm your host. The title of this episode is Discovering Elegance, Art in Everyday Life. Through the practice of meditation, we develop a sense of space within which grace and natural elegance emerge in all aspects of our daily lives. From cooking a meal, to paying our bills, to how we relate to our friends, family, and work environment. Today we are joined by Rachel Farrow. Rachel is a senior meditation teacher and practitioner within the Shambhala and Tibetan Buddhist traditions, who has taught and led meditation retreats, classes, and workshops in Europe, Latin America, South Africa, and throughout the United States. A personal student of Chagyam Trungpa Rinpoche, she has been training, practicing, and teaching since the early 1970s. She's also an accomplished and well-known singer-songwriter, Grammy-nominated record producer, and president of a world music record label. Here's Rachel to take away the discussion. So this is about discovering elegance, art, and everyday life, right? But first, what is art? Let's talk about that first. What is art? There's a lot of different ideas about what is art. You know, there's a painting, somebody will go, that's not art. (laughs) My kid could have made that, right? So art, you might say, is joining heaven and earth. Art is, you might say, the earth part of art is things, objects, paint, food, anything really, shapes, colors, uh, even sounds could be defined as things in this case. Elements, earth, water, fire. You might say that all these things that are in the phenomenal material world are the materials, and that's earth. And then heaven, you might say, is our feelings, how we're feeling our inspirations, our emotions, our our negative ideas, our impulses, anything that's really ineffable, you might say. Positive ideas, intuition, all of that. Those invisible elements of our internal life coming together with the physical world together creating art as an expression. So you might say that the tools of the earth are how we manifest the feelings and inspiration of heaven manifesting as art. Art is a particularly human thing. It's something humans do. 
we, of course, we all know about this incredible grace, elegance, and complexity of the natural world, of our own physical bodies, of just about anything from a leaf on a tree to the way that the starlings fly to um, the ripples on water to layers of, to the way creatures are a worm crawling on the earth. Any of those things in nature are so beautiful and so graceful and so elegant. And you know that um, they're all always miraculous nature. It's grace and elegance is basic and innate. And we, many, you know, this is what many people refer to as God. God made this. Well, it seems so miraculous nature and it's constant production of beauty, of beauty, elegance, and brilliance that uh, it's just, I, I don't know, but I would more account for it just being the spontaneous way things are. But wouldn't call it art because art to me is a human expression. You know, it's just like meditation. You know, you may think your cat meditates, right? Appears, my cat definitely appears to be meditating quite often. She, he just sits there like this. But it's not the same thing as a human consciously studying how to meditate, sitting down on a cushion with intention to meditate. And it's the same thing, I believe, with art. Art is intentional. It's an expression of what's going on, right? So art, which is harmonious, beautiful, uh, like a starry night full of emotion is um, one thing. I think there was a definite shift in the world of art when our culture started to get more and more disconnected from the earth, from nature. You could see how um, art for a long time was a representation, Western art was a representation of nature. And um, then it went abstract, went crazy. And I think that that's partially because we ourselves became somewhat abstract. As a musician, it's the same thing in music. There are people I know, perfectly lovely people who absolutely adore you know, heavy metal. And why, I'm still trying to figure out, but it brings up something in them emotionally and energetically that they relate to and affects them. So that's the other thing with art on the human level. It's, it takes two. There's the artist, and then there's the one who perceives the art. There's the listener, and there's the musician. There's the painter, and there's the... Um, person looking at the painting. But they're all participating as human beings joining heaven and earth because whatever they may experience um, in this intentional expression of joining heaven and earth is very much human. So this idea of art as presented by artists is one thing because Artists themselves are people who have studied, practiced, discipline, created skills to produce whatever their art is, dance, music, film, 
But one of the things that we want to talk about tonight is art in everyday life, how we are all artists. That brings us back to this little exercise we did in the beginning, where when we slow down, and you know, not everyone who is artistic meditates, but they often have some form of technique or approach that brings them back to the present moment. You really can't make music unless you're in the moment. You can't create art or dance unless you are in the moment, however trained you are, however disciplined you are. And um, it's interesting because in the West, the idea of an artist is often um, an egomaniac, right? The great diva, the great maestro, you know, the temperamental egomaniac narcissist is supposed to be the great artist. While in the West, in the East, in Asia, the great artist is not particularly owning his art. He believes he's a servant in some sense to what he does. And I think that even in the West, that, that idea of the temperamental neurotic artist is falling out of fashion. I think that the great artists that I've met have that feeling of not owning it. And it's like, so, you know, it's like, you try to give them a compliment and they're like confused because I didn't do it almost. It's like, it just happened. But it happened after years and years of study and discipline and practice. If you choose the path of an artist, the training, the discipline and the practice in the end ultimately give you the freedom to relax and let it come through. And I think that that's very much connected to our own practice of meditation where if we slow down, become more present instead of just, you know, thrown around by hope and fear, past and future, but just simply present, our whole lives become more open and flowing. When we set a table, we can throw the silverware down with a paper towel, or we can actually slow down and enjoy setting a good table, placing the objects on the table in a conscious way, in a beautiful way that flows, in a way where the colors and the shapes all feel good with each other. And again, art in everyday life, how we make our beds. How we make our beds is art. You know, how we arrange the pillows, how we choose the bedding that's on our bed, the colors, how they go with the room. All of these things can happen very naturally without needing to go to school or take any training. This is simply, and how we actually lay out the covers, how we, do we take pride in the morning and having a beautiful bedroom or do we just get up and leave everything a mess and run out the door? So making the bed, I think is a very um, fundamental thing about art in everyday life. And that brings us to how our everyday lives actually function, which is we're not alone. We're always in, in step with something, whether it's our bosses, our family, our husbands, our children, um, the people on the subway, the people on the bus, the people on the street. We're always having some kind of ensemble. You might say that our dance 
is in New York City, the dance of walking down the street without bumping into anybody, or if you do, gracefully apologizing. But movement is as much a part of art in everyday life as any other aspect of our lives. What I'd like to move into now is really more about how we can live our lives with that sense of elegance and grace, which is, I believe, is our natural expression, our natural state. And it's not always necessarily about order, like having everything exactly put in this proper place and everything kind of uptight and formulated. I think it's more like when you're cooking a meal, right? As you cook your meal, you can put something in the oven and chop in the meantime. You can put, say you're chopping cilantro and onions. That's hard. You put the cilantro on one cutting board. It's so green and beautiful. Maybe you have red, uh, yellow peppers, you cut those. And the way that you cut them, maybe you try doing a little bit of slant instead of the usual. Try having them be actual shapes. You might need to slow down a little. You might need to also watch out that you don't cut yourself. <laughs> have a good, a good, the tools are just as important just as an artist has their brushes. You wanna have a good knife. You wanna have good pots and pans. And when you serve your meal, after you've cooked your meal, there's that sense of intuition about, sure, you can follow a recipe that says cook for 10 minutes, but at the same time, you have a feeling about how long it's really supposed to cook because every flame is different. Every electrical stove is different. Every pot is different. So intuition comes in there just as it does with any art. So, and then the way you serve your meal, the way you arrange the plate, doesn't have to be a fancy meal, but you, for example, you can have a blue plate and put chili in it and it looks really nice, a scoop of sour cream on top. It's the difference between all right and ah. This is human culture, making, having meals together, how you make your bed, how you, you don't need a lot of money to have an elegant home to have a sense of grace. It's, it's really more about how you, how present you are in your own life. If you're present in the kitchen, slowing down, making a meal mindfully, you will, not only will you not cut yourself, but you'll create enlightened society, you might say, at the dinner table. When you're washing your clothes, the way you fold your clothes. I know that we all, I know that I got hung up on Marie Kondo for a little while and now I'm very good at folding. <laughs> so, you know, that's the Japanese for you. But the way you fold your clothes, the way you hang your clothes, the way you take care of your clothes, art and everyday life. I think that all of us can express ourselves in that way. You know, all of us can live that way as meditation practitioners and as humans joining heaven and earth this is probably the most effective way that we could feel that we're joining heaven and earth we don't have to feel that we own it it's 
it brings us closer to nature. It's more like we become part of nature just because just as nature endlessly expresses the most beautiful and graceful artistic, beyond artistic forms, patterns, sounds, shapes, the most ingenious ways, we too can become more part of that as we slow down, as we create space, as we begin to notice the details in our world. So art in everyday life becomes just everyday life. And we discover our own innate elegance. I hope that that's inspiring. And uh, if any of you have any comments or questions. It was interesting when you brought up how, you know, art needs to be a two-way street and, you know, has the, the art and the, the audience. Um, and then when you talk about, you know, something like making your bed um, or like some of the more mundane everyday life aspects, it kind of, I think it can be easy to, to just kind of throw things around and not really care when you're not even your own audience to your own life. Um, so like, I think that's kind of the importance of slowing down and, and stopping and noticing is that it actually enables you to live your life more artfully because if you're not even noticing your own life, then you're not going <laughs> to treat it very well. And, um, and yeah, I think it's, there's kind of like a virtuous feedback loop to that. The more you notice, the better you get at being elegant and living a more artful life. And then the more you notice that, then the more you improve and the more you notice and the more you improve. Um, so it just seems like a, a good practice. So thank you. There's um, something that Chogun 